Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, who would you consider to be your bestie? When What do you love about them? Okay, well, in just a minute, I am going to reveal um, some things about you that I'm kind of excited about that, I have to say. <laughs> Wait, now you have me leaning in. And I should, but before we get too far into our show, we just want to remind everyone that you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, Mrs. Wyatt, I just have to go into because we're going to reveal some things here. But um, you wrote a post. I'm nervous already that you're calling me Mrs. Wyatt. <laughs> I know it should be when I do that because you, I, I, we know what that means, right? What, yes. Where that takes us. Um, I have to comment about this postcard that you wrote this week, and um, and if you haven't, if for those listening who haven't read it, it's on our website. But it was it it just made me laugh because it um, it reminded me. Um, basically about how unfun and unfair you can be um, because you were talking about wild things. That was the title of it, Wild Things. And you have a picture of all these little wild critters and, and different things. And um, you're, in, your, in your postcard, you were talking about how you use these things um, against family and friends. And I have been the recipient of your <laughs> um, wild things um, escapades. And when I try to do the wild things, we're going to, we'll talk, I and mean, we want people to read the postcard, but you, but you love to like take these little critters and I don't, I don't even know where you find these and where you get them, <laughs> but wherever they come from, which that and alone scares me, but you get these things. And then like, when we travel, you like to hide them, um, like under my pillow. When I pull down the, my bed, there is something waiting. You'll be tucked in your bed, like ready to go to sleep. And I'll be, you know, because it takes me longer to get ready. And I'll, I'll get into my bed. I'll pull my sheets back. And there'll be like a snake or something there. And I scream. And then you just start giggling. I just hear this giggle. But what is so funny is you would think I would learn after, I mean, literally a hundred times of this happening, you would think that I would be prepared. And every time I come in, just you know, oblivious. Well, and if, I, no, if you, if, if you wouldn't scream and you wouldn't respond that way, it would be boring to me and it would, it would stop, but it just doesn't seem to happen. And, and that, it frustrates me about myself. Cause it's like, okay, come on, remember this, remember this. And I don't. And then, um, when I, I will collect some of those sometimes and, um, little frogs, little things, and then I will do it to you and I'll be so excited cause I'll remember it <laughs> and I will put it somewhere, you know, in your suitcase or I'll put it somewhere. And then you just go, Oh, there's a frog. Oh, there's a, a thing. And you'll just pick it up quietly and you'll just tug it back away to use against me at some other point in time. Okay. I and have to interrupt you there. Do you see that? And you're like, yeah. And so you are so not fun. I have to tell you, though, 
It does, Lisa. Seriously, like there was a while uh, for a long time. It was a few seasons, maybe a few years, where the frog, that little like blue frog, that oh. it you kept putting it in such unique places that truly every time I saw it, even though I didn't respond, it would always make me smile literally from the inside out because <laughs> it was kind of like the traveling frog. And even though I didn't respond with a scream, I couldn't, I didn't want to please you <laughs> by screaming, but it always made me laugh really hard. Well, and that's good to know now because I just thought, okay, this is so wasted on my end. And I get so excited about pulling this prank. And then you are not fun on the response, but which just takes me to a place. It's like, you know, you ask the question, what are, you know, what are, what do you love about your, your bestie and doing with it? And it's, I just think it's having these fun moments, creating these memories, doing life where you're creating memories and you're letting your quirkiness kind of come out and just, um, doing a lot of laughing. And we both have said, if, you know, the moment that you quit making me laugh, we're done. And, <laughs> and I mean it. Um, <laughs> because it is such a significant part of any relationship, but especially like women, we just need to have those, um, you know, relationships cause we are so wired for relationships. We need to have girlfriends around us and to be building that, that kind of tribe around us, so to speak. Um, and just, it, it just completes us in life, but okay. I have to, I, and I'm highly caffeinated right now, so <laughs> I know I'm not breathing, but I just have to tell you before we get off the wild things thing, I just have to, I just have to share a story because I just remember one day you had at your other house, you had a, your garage had like a window in it that was like, um, eye level kind of thing. And you always had blinds or whatever or shutters in it. But I remember walking up one day and there on the window seal on the outside was a rat and it was, but it was a fake rat, but I thought it was a real one because it looked so real. And it was just perched there, like so perfectly like a rat would be. And I was like, I go to walk up your walkway and I'm carrying my bag and I'm doing stuff. And I look up and I scream because there's this rat <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And then it come out and you, I go, there's a rat out there. And you come back and you're like, oh yeah. And you squeeze it. And it, it was so real looking. And I was, I was like, oh, she got me again. But then what was so funny is like a few months later, uh, we were out in your backyard. I remember, yes, and, we're, yes. and we're taping. We're doing a we're doing taping a video, and we have it all positioned so nice. And I look over as I'm as I'm taping you for this certain thing, and you have this fence, you know, a block wall fence behind you, and on this block wall fence is a squirrel, and it's not moving. It's just sitting there. <clears throat> and so I just I said to you, okay, that is good because I knew something had happened. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that is really good. How did you find a squirrel that looks so real like that? And you turned around and it was the best thing because you turned around and you screamed over a squirrel. And then the squirrel looked at you and leaped off the fence. And so then I started giggling because I knew, okay, that is not a fake squirrel. <laughs> and that's a real one. So I, I love it when you can, when, you know, you get alarmed too, but it's the real things that get you, not the okay. Thing. And that is so funny because I have never ever seen a squirrel in my neighborhood since then. That that was like it was so. That's where you just go. Okay, God has such a sense of humor, um, and you just know it was orchestrated by God because those things are so funny. All right, I'm sure our listeners want to hear all of our five thousand stories of how we freak each other out, but I do. I remember one. 
where we were speaking at a conference and we were put in these single beds where there was a wall between us. So we were kind of in separate rooms, which kills us because we like to stay up till easily two or three in the morning, even though we have to get up at five or six and then go speak all day. And, uh, I, I got into the sheets of my bed and I felt something kind of weird and I pull it out and it was, I, I, th- I want to say it was a tarantula or something that you and Cal had actually gone shopping for and you were so excited <laughs> to put yes. it in my bed and you never heard anything from me. But I, I'm admitting to you right now that it did freak me out, but I didn't want to give you, <laughs> you guys. I'm so glad to know these things. I just think these are wasted experiences and ways that brings a smile to my face the the fact that you had to get your husband involved is what like really put a smile on my face though too yes yes it was a collaborative effort because I'm like I gotta get her this time well why are we talking about all these nonsense stories that are our stories and it's basically we want to just encourage everyone to like are you creating memories with your friends are you getting out there and just uh doing life and and seeing life and responding to life and um you know, that's what's been fun over the years, Patty, is just um, just the memories we've collected in traveling, traveling overseas, traveling, you know, different states, and just, you know, traveling around our city and just meeting with people and having those experiences. And then, when, you know, at the time when you're, it's always interesting, at the time when you're doing something, you never realize, you, you, sometimes you're so unaware of a memory that we're creating. Mm-hmm. That when you look back, you go, okay, that was such a significant memory. When at the time when I'm immersed in the, in the moment, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we do that. We don't realize that we are creating an incredible memory when we're in the moment because we don't see past the moment. And we kind of take that moment for granted. And so that's one of those things I think we want to challenge all of us to go, okay, in this moment, what memory could you be creating that you're going to look back on and go, that was really significant. That was really cool. I'm still talking about that moment. So it must have really impacted me. And um, don't you feel that it's the, the moment? It's so much larger um, than the experience. And, and I, I know that that sounds weird, but it, it, I feel like as we get older and you're in that reflection time where you can look back and it's, you know, I can look at, we, we have a tribe that we all go do things together and it's hard to get everybody's busy schedules together. But I know um, like when we went to New York with our tribe, it's even though you're having these experiences and you can, you know, get annoyed with each other and, you know, we say things like, seriously, what were you thinking? And it's, it's, but it's all good because you're part of a, a sisterhood of love. And that's what I mean by it's bigger than the experience. And I think as you look back, you even see that it's, it's even more than what you ever, like you're saying, more than what you had ever dreamed. Well, and, um, and I think that is so true. I think that's, it's just such a good reminder to, um, to even look at moments differently, and, and but to create the moments and not just sit back and be a spectator in life. And and a lot of times to create a moment is very inconvenient. And um, it's not always, um, it, it requires some sacrifices to create a moment to make something happen. You know, whether it's traveling, you know, planning a trip, because there's never a great time to do that, or whether it's just going to lunch or do whatever it, it looks like. There's never like a... Um, a great time to do it, but we have to be intentional with creating the moments that could potentially give us incredible memories. Well, we're going to be talking in just a couple minutes here with our first guest, 
And uh, she's an author, and we always love talking to authors because we like to get inside their heads. And we like to hear, okay, so how did you get the story and the story behind the story? Because stories are so significant in life and hearing each other's stories. And we just kind of rambled on about some of our stories. And we, we have so many more we could tell, but we won't bore. Because kind of like showing your family vacation slides, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we don't want to do that. But um, stay with us. We are just going to keep unpacking and talking about just creating memories. Um, we're going to also talk about second chances and giving second chances, which that is kind of a deep subject that I, a lot of times we're faced with. But what do you do when you're faced with, do I give a second chance? And maybe you're on the receiving end of needing a second chance. But we're going to be talking with our with author Kim Sawyer in just a couple of minutes. And so hang in there, grab a cup of coffee, come back and join us as we continue our conversation. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we were having way too much fun talking about the wild things in our first segment, and um, I don't know about you, Lisa, but that had me laughing so hard. My, my, my stomach hurt. I, for, I forgot about that squirrel story. And um, <laughs> it, it's one of those that 
you really had to be there because it was seriously the most uh, hysterical moment that I've had in a long time. But uh, we are now having our special guest, best-selling author Kim Vogel Sawyer, um, on our show, and she believes in the power of second chances, a theme she captured with poignant grace in her new book, When Grace Sings, which follows the CBA bestseller, When Mercy Reigns, in the Zimmerman Restoration Trilogy. And Kim says the series is based on the simple truth, and I love this, God gives second chances. We as humans make our mistakes. We founder and err and build walls that seem insurmountable. And when we confess our wrongdoings and ask God to redeem us, he brings restoration. Um, so welcome, Kim. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well, thanks. I think it's actually afternoon where you are, right? Well, actually, I'm an hour behind you, so we're com- we're creeping up on lunchtime here. It's there 11.60. We go. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, so we want to unpack, um, first of all, what even um, brought you to this place where you were writing these incredible stories? You were such a fabulous storyteller. But um, I have to go back to just that, that comment of um, God gives second chances, but the biggest biggest thing that we have to focus on and and I don't you know we hear this all the time oh confess your sins and God redeems you and and almost it becomes trite until you actually have it happening in your world where you're seeing someone who you know you're literally walking through this horrific thing that has happened to them and you're not seeing that that heart of just confession that heart of Wow. You know, it's almost like they keep moving in that pride and arrogance and you don't want to judge them, but you want to scream and go, you get it that God's going to restore you if you will just allow him to. So um, tell us a little bit of um, when you're writing this, why, why do you believe in second chances that they're so important enough to where you, you put that in, in most of your books? Well, how many of us make it through life without any regrets? Honestly, you know, humans just, we mess up. And we have two choices at that that point. We can stay admired in regret and wish I had and wish it could be different, or we can give all of that over and ask God to send us in a different direction. And the wonderful thing about God is, I mean, this might sound a little silly, but he's always got a plan B up his sleeve. Mm -hmm. You know, his plan A is always best for us. But when we miss that mark, he's always got a way of of creating something good out of our lives, regardless of the mess that we've made. We've just got to look to him and give it over and and let it go. Uh, Too many of us just want to hang on to our mistakes and keep wallowing in them. That's never a good idea. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the plan B um, yeah, it's never fun to be a part of the plan B. <laughs> I think we all, <laughs> we all have to go into a plan B. And it's funny because even though you might not have planned for the plan B uh, or you didn't do something like your consequences, it, it might've been something, someone else's consequences that put you in the plan B. Right, but, that happens too. <laughs> yes. And whatever puts you there, it's interesting because I don't know anyone who truly has confessed, you know, and they're in plan B that God hasn't used it to the point where they said, I'm so glad I had to be in plan B because it, it has made my relationship with the Lord and has changed my life. 
Um, and I, I know Lisa and I always laugh because we were like, we so don't want to, <laughs> don't make us go through plan B, God, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, but that's, okay. that's the growing places, honestly, um, faith that's never been, um, tested or challenged really is a pretty weak faith. I think sometimes we do have to have that, that testing time, that challenging time, that difficult time to really discover how much God truly is there mm. and how important he is in our world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you cover all kinds of real life topics, um, motherhood, adoption, family secrets, lost love, uh, which topic would you say is closest to your heart and why? Well, in this particular series, probably the, the theme of raising a child who was not born to you is real close to my heart because it's very personal. My oldest daughter um, has two children living with her who were not born to her. They came to her when they were four and six years old, and they are, um, gosh, what, nine and 11 now. And, you know, it's hard, um, but it's it's been beautiful to watch her heart open to these kids. She loves them as much as if she had given birth to them. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful relationship, a hard one relationship. And so that's a, it's a real important topic to me is, is mm -hmm. raising a child that wasn't born to you necessarily in your womb, but definitely born to you in your heart. If mm -hmm. that makes any kind of sense at all. No, no I think, go ahead. Well, well, I, I just, I think it's uh, a very significant topic. And I, I think especially in our culture, um, oh, more and yes. more, <laughs> yes, it's yeah. like families. Um, I know I'm getting ready to uh, go. Every time I go through church camp in the summertime, I'm always blown away by what is the definition of a family anymore? Because mm -hmm. it's either grandparents raising their kids or, yeah, um, you know, I have these three kids here and these three kids from over here. And right. It's just yeah, really well, I taught fifth grade for a lot of years, and it, it, the last couple of years, um, I was astounded when I looked at the kids' records that fewer than 25% of the kids in my class of 30 were still living with the two parents who gave birth to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, family is, is evolving and changing, and so, you know, there's, there's some real challenges with that, but there's some real opportunities, too. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I so agree with you because, um, Kim, I, my son and daughter-in-law, they are, God have really put a, on their hearts to, um, be a part of solutions with foster care in Arizona. It's a huge <laughs> issue. And, um, and we have like 17,000 kids in the foster care system. And so they've gone through training and our church is really trying to step in and go, we want to be a part of the solution to really trying to challenge families and raise up families that will, um, be foster parents. And so my kids are, are, have this little guy and hoping to adopt him. And it's like you said, they have three of their own. And then this little guy, and he has just, you know, stolen our hearts, but you, you get so much more, as you know, with the two girls, because, you know, it's not just this little guy. There's so much more that comes with it, you know, family dynamics and, and, um, it, it is gut-wrenching, and but you know, one of the things I, I love, I, I remember my daughter Michelle just saying is like, I, I can totally feel, see the heart of God, and I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a opportunity to be 
Jesus and to love people like Jesus loves. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it, is, yeah. it, it wrecks you. It's so hard, so many emotions. It's messy. Um, it's unpredictable, all of those. But yeah, you get to love like Jesus. And it right, challenges. Right. And I think we grow so much more through it. But they do. They capture your heart and you just see. And especially with children, you, you go, that's just the heart of Jesus. He just had a, such mm-hmm. a heart for children. And it's our chance to join God and really being a part of transforming and changing lives. And I think... The significant part of that is, and, and I know you're experiencing that, is you're changing a story, and it's it's changing a, a narrative that will last for generations, and that is really exciting when you think about that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. change when you impact a child, you've impacted their future, their children, their relationships, everything. It, mm-hmm. it really has an, a wonderful trickle down effect. Yeah. So do you, do you learn from, like, when you're, when you're doing your writing, um, do you glean a lot of your um, ideas from just real life that you just watch? Are you, are you watching, like, we talked earlier about, you know, embracing and, and engaging in moments. And you have to be looking to do that. So are you, as a writer, constantly looking and looking for things that are happening around you that you can take and incorporate into a story? You know, it's, it's funny you would ask that because as a, even as a kid, I was never in the circle. I was very bashful. We moved a lot. And so I didn't have friends. I was always on the outside of the circle just observing. And it really, I, I look back at that now as an adult and I realize how much I was taking in. And, and learning about human people, you know. Um, and, yeah, I do think a lot of what I observe comes out in my stories. Um, writing is personal. There's a little bit of, of me and my experiences, I think, in every story I write, too. You, you can't help that. But there's also so much of that, just that little girl that was looking and observing and figuring things out and Trying to stop in high school, I think I could have put up a little stand like Lucy, you know, five cents for advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> because everybody came to me with their problems, and I think it was because I never said anything. They could trust me not to take them elsewhere. But it gave me an opportunity to kind of problem solve. And as a Christian, I wanted to do that from a biblical standpoint. So I think all of those experiences have really helped me a great deal in becoming a writer and putting those those people and those thoughts and those experiences onto the page. And, you know, that is so significant because you are, you're basically absorbing and, and, and just taking mm-hmm. it in and remembering and writing it down where some of us, it's like, I admire that so much because some of us are so busy, um, more the extroverts to kind of just living life <laughs> and not really reflecting, you know, not really taking yeah. it in, just kind of casting over. And so I, it's a discipline trying to do to go, I just, I want to remember this moment. I want to maybe sit and pause a little bit mo- more and mm-hmm. not just rush through it. And I think that's, that's our challenge with our culture. We're so, um, you know, quick to rush through everything and, and yeah. get, get on to the next thing without really staying in that moment and seeing what is, what is unpacking right here in front of me that I, I will miss if I rushed past it too far. It's interesting. You, t- you talked about, um, you know, watching around you and being on the outside of the circle and, and then, but yet it gave you so much insight and things you could write about. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was um, visiting in Palestine and we were, we visited some schools with school children. And, you know, they're, they're just, they live under some very 
um, tough times and oppression and, oh, yeah. uh, and it's very difficult. And on, on several occasions, several different school, uh, we, um, talk to them. We're going to have to take a break. We got talking too oh, much. We'll be I right back. Music. <laughs> there we go. Okay. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Hello, welcome back. We started out the show talking about being in the moment, and apparently we were way too much in the moment, Lisa, as you were going into your story of Palestine. So we were all mesmerized, and the countdown was taking place, and we just completely ignored our sound engineer. So he's used to that. But we are talking with Kim Vogel-Sawyer, And she told her kindergarten teacher someday people would check out her books in libraries. That little girl dream came true in 2006 with the release of Waiting for Summer's Return. Since then, Kim has watched God expand her dream beyond her childhood imaginings with more than 30 titles on library shelves and more than 1.5 million copies of her books in print. She enjoys a full-time writing and speaking ministry. Her books have received the ACFW Carroll Award, the Inspirational Reader's Choice Award, and the Gail Wilson Award of Excellence. So, Kim, I have to tell you that I am a wannabe writer, and uh, I I am just such an advocate reader, and I I just gobble up books, and um, so I 
there's a little bit of jealousy there. And yet there's, <laughs> I, I'm always so proud of people that follow their dreams in that way, rather than just talking about it. So I think it's so cool that you told your kindergarten teacher that that's what was going to take place. And it, my daughter in kindergarten, her kindergarten teacher told her, you are going to be a writer someday. And I'm going to look at your books in, in the library. And it almost like it almost comes out your pores where it's like yes and then, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, oh, that's cool. <laughs> she yeah. must be very creative. So I love it, love it, love it. Well, you have um, these books out there, and and we're Lisa and I are really good about just going off on other tangents rather than talking about your fabulous book. So we are going to go back to. Tell us um, where we can find your books and the, the latest book that just came out. I'm, I'm going to give you all kinds of questions. So that way we'll, we'll quit talking and have you talk. But before we <laughs> okay. get into finding out um, when Grace sings and, and um, the, about the second chances in life, Lisa, I, I have to hear the rest of your story <laughs> in Palestine. So hit it. I forgot it. No, you, you were talking, Kim, about, you know, just like sitting on the outside and, you know, and taking in the moments. And when we were in Palestine and sitting and we went to several different schools and, and, and went into the classrooms and, you know, children from, you know, like middle school and then even junior high and high school. And we would always ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, what is it that you want to And it was very interesting because, you know, they're living in oppression and, and it's, you know, not a lot of hope around them and not a lot of opportunities. And the majority of them, when they would say, it would be, I want to be a photographer. I want to be a writer. I want to be an artist. And I started listening to these, and I thought, okay, they all want to express. It's all about expression. That's what went through my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that is... um, I thought that was very interesting because they feel like they um, like are on the outside of the circle, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it's like, I want to be able to express what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, and let other people know. And I thought that was very interesting. And I, that's kind of like what you're saying. is like, I want to express what I, you know, insights. And, and, and you, you will do that. Where, you know, Patty and I will rush past life and, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you our stories. But, you know, um, but I, I think that's very interesting. Just the need in a lot of people to just really express what they see, what they take in. And we can learn so much from, from that. Yeah, I pray each of them have the opportunity to give. Yep. Yes. And shared, and it's so important. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was my story. Now, and then Patty just gave you um, a plethora of questions and said that we won't talk. So I'm not going to talk, and we're just let you ask whatever question you want to answer there that she gave you. Go for it. Yeah, there was a plethora there. Let's see if I can recall all of them. Um, she wanted to know where to find my books, if that's correct, and um, any bookstore, any online book market, you can go to my website, kimvogelsawyer.com, and I have a books page and, and links to several different markets. Um, so the pretty, and of course, libraries, go to libraries, please go to libraries. I, libraries are such amazing places, and if we don't frequent them, they may not be there for the future generations. So, you know, that's a great place to get books also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, I got tied up in your story and I completely forgot what else she asked me. (laughs) I wanted to know your latest book, When Grace Sings, um, you have it exploring second chances in life. So uh, we started out at the very beginning about believing in second chances. So why do you think that they are so important? Or just tell us a little bit about your book, your favorite character, um, 
anything that we can uh, know a little bit more about Grace Sings? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, until we started talking about second chances, my focus had been pretty much on Alexa and how things are changing for her. But all there are actually four point of view characters in this story. There's Alexa, who's starting over in this old org community um, after having been raised far away from it, meeting her family for the first time. Then there's Anna Grace who was raised in the Old Order faith, uh, knew that she was adopted, but never had any, you know, desire to find out who her birth parents were, very, very happy, very content, and had her little life, you know, all lined up until her fiancé, Stephen, uh, throws a clinker in the works. And that Stephen is also a point-of-view character who has harbored this dream since childhood, but it goes completely against all of the accepted norms of his old order community, so he doesn't feel as if it can, he can pursue it, which is creating this huge entanglement of dissatisfaction in the center of his heart. And then the fourth character, um, who is probably my favorite in this, this story, is Briley Forrester, um, a, an air reporter from Chicago, who comes to the old order community for the sole purpose of disproving this whole living simply means peaceful living that everybody seems to believe. I mean, he's there to dig up dirt. And when when Riley first stepped onto the pages, I didn't like him. He's one of those real arrogant, full of himself, um, look at me, too, too good looking for his own good and yeah. knowing it <laughs> kind of, of people. But as I got to know Riley, which always happens as I write, it really helped me understand that we can't always just look at the exterior of a person. We have to go deeper to find out what they're really like because Briley was not cocky. He was very insecure, and it was based on his upbringing. He'd been abandoned as a child. He grew up in the foster care system. He had a very low self-esteem, and he used that cockiness as a cover. And as Briley stayed in this community and witnessed different kinds of relationships and came face to face with Jesus through the, the love expressed by the people in this town. Those layers were peeled away and we got to see the real Briley. And I think his transformation and his choice to set aside that first ambition and choose one that's more positive was probably my favorite part of the whole story. Mm-hmm. And that's probably more than you wanted to know. <laughs> no, we, we love that. Well, you're you're going through all these, you know, different characters, and it's interesting because we we are putting faces of people we know, <laughs> you know, as you're as you're going through. And um, you you also talk about you know just the relationships and the family relationships. So why do you think the family relationships, as you you know, go through these characters, can be so sticky? But, you know, we have such high expectations for the people in our family. Um, I know that when I was teaching, um, I had my daughter, youngest daughter, in my class one year, and I had to really watch myself because I wanted to put a higher expectation on her than every other child in the classroom, and that wasn't fair. But I think that's what we do. Um, so when one of our family members does something that hurts us or displeases us, I think that hurt goes deeper than if it's an outside person, just because of that expectation and, of course, the closer relationship. Um, so the, the first book really covers, and the trilogy really covers, the deep ingrained hurt that mm-hmm. was perpetrated within this family unit. 
book two, we're kind of working through the healing and some of that, but it's still there, and there's still some family members that just are having a hard time letting go of the grudge that they've carried for so long. Families are just full of conflict. I mean, we we like to um, look like, you know, step out the door and, you know, make us look like we're all just doing really well. But honestly, you get behind the closed doors in any home, and there's going to be conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun to, <laughs> fun, I guess that's not a very good word. Um, I think bringing some of that out and letting people read about it can give them maybe the freedom to say, you know, things aren't just all that hunky-dory here, too. What can we do to make it better? Well, it's interesting that you say, um, you know, just families, there's just going to be conflict. And obviously, if you have more than one person in the room, it, it can get dysfunctional as well. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was walking with my, my daughter yesterday. She's home from college. And I simply asked her as a parent, you know, what would be some of the things that you would change? And, you know, we asked that question expecting to hear how fabulous we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And instead, we get the truth. And yeah. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, it's as simple as asking people. And so many times we don't. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it does hurt when the truth comes out because, it's it, you know, I, I always thought I was perfect, especially as a parent. Um, <laughs> but the realities of that, you know, and from their perspective, some of the things that take mm-hmm. place. Uh, it really does. So you're right. When you think of the family relationships, they're they're not going anywhere. They're they're mm-hmm. staying right there. And I know Lisa one time when we were talking with someone who was dealing with some things happening in their family, she made a comment that has really stuck with me. And she said um, they just don't have the tools to you know this particular mm-hmm. person just doesn't have the tools. And it that's freeing because you can go, yeah, I'm having this high expectation, but they don't even have the tools to fix this rather than keep expecting, you know, them to, to move forward. So, well, we just have a couple minutes uh, here, Kim, what would be some tips that you would give to our listeners? What do you hope that the readers will, will take away from your story? Oh, my prayer is always that when someone picks up one of the stories and they read it, they, they see the difference that God makes in a person's life. You know, we can't not make it through this this life on our own. We don't have the strength. We don't have the abilities. But God can endow us with His strength, His wisdom, um, His peace when we let Him in. And that's when I get a, a, a note from a reader that says, your, your story made me look at God in a different way, or your, your, your story helped me... Um, say that I can pray more, or I can trust more, or, you know, God really is there for me, that's when I just cry tears of joy, Mm. because then I know the Holy Spirit has worked in them, and used that story for more than just entertainment, but for edification, and that really is my goal as a writer, is to make something better for somebody out there. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. 
My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show. We have been having all kinds of fun, and we've been talking about who would you consider your bestie to giving second chances to being in the moment. And Lisa, I just want to go back to to our question. Uh, We started out the show asking who would be your bestie and what do you love about them? But I want to even further that question just to to have our listeners um, think about it as well as for us to even really realize who's in your tribe. Who, at least you always say, who who would I call at 3 o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, we'll ask that question where we're speaking at a, a woman's conference and we're always blown away by the women that will come up to us and say, I, I realized, you know, I, I don't have anyone. I have never really established a tribe. I, I don't even know how to get into a, a group of women. Um, it seems like whenever I get close to someone, they move or, you know, something else happens, a different season in their life. And uh, it, it seems like it all goes back to the root of junior high. They start seeing themselves as that that little girl in junior high where, you know, maybe there was a betrayal or they felt abandoned or, you know, someone said something mean. Uh, it, it, there, there's just a lot there that you need to peel back and look at life and the, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Of what what am I, I giving into this relationship rather than what can I receive out of this relationship. So let's go back into talking about our tribes and how significant they are. When, when did you first realize, Lisa, a tribe was so important in your life? Wow, Pat. <laughs> yes, Lisa. <laughs> you went from wild things to yeah, where's so your tribe? Funny. Yeah, you were, we're like covering the gamut, but you know, this, this thing with tribe is so significant. And I think 
Um, you know, and talking about second chances, you're just talking about, you know, a lot of times we don't invest in a tribe or we don't invest with people because we've been wounded and we're not willing to give a second chance to somebody new. Um, Cause it's like, we guard our heart. We don't want to be um, hurt again. We don't want to be trampled on. And so we're very cautious. And sometimes that's really good because we have to use discernment um, as we let people in and as we, you know, form relationships, but um, you know, we don't want to, allow woundedness from one person to stop us from maybe a, a potential incredible friendship with somebody new that doesn't have all that history, you know, and, and know us that way. But I think the tribe thing is like, we, you know, we have just seen, I don't know. I think even as a little girl, I, you know, I always had a group of people and a group of friends and sometimes like, like what Kim said earlier, sometimes you can feel like on the outside of the circle and sometimes you feel very much in the inside. And, um, and I think those are just emotions that we struggle with as women a lot of times. Sometimes I'm on the outside, sometimes on the inside. And it's always this like little tension to be managed, I think, um, because relationships are messy and um, and complicated. But I think when you can really truly allow certain people and, and, and don't you find that you have um, tribes for different reasons, too? There's like, you know, uh, you know, you watch some of these shows, but you have, you know, some women that are like, Maybe your traveling friends or your shopping friends or your lunch buddies or, you know, different aspects um, of different groups of women that we kind of invest in. And I think they all play a significant part in our life and help in shaping who we are. And we can learn from all of them. And um, like we, we talked about earlier, you know, we, we've taken a trip to New York City with some and we've taken um, gone overseas. OK, so I just have to this is such a random tangent. And. I have to share this, but you know, with oh, one and of our that surprises us that we would say something yeah. randomly. <laughs> but I have to tell you the story that just happened because um, one of our tribes, we took a trip and we did a, a girlfriend's conference in uh, Kenya just a couple of years ago. And I know we've mentioned that a little bit before, but um, we wanted so bad for one of the days we had to go do a little safari. So we went to like a, um, you know, this reserve gaming reserve where they took you out and you got to see, you know, the, the wild animals that you just think about, you know, the, the zebras, the giraffes, the, the, um, the, the lions and all them out in the wild, out in nature. And I know one of the ones we really wanted to see was we wanted to see rhinos and hippos. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I so, love rhinos. Love rhinos. So we were on the lookout for that. And um, I just remember we kept, you know, looking and we're ooing and aahing and, you know, like, like schoolgirls in this, in, you know, this van thing. And we saw in this like swamp looking thing, do you remember it was a dead hippo <laughs> that it was, it was literally upside down. Belly up. It was belly up with legs, just totally it was belly up with legs straight up in the air. So stiff. And it was this dead hippo. And we were like, okay, that's wow. That's, that's really cool. And we thought, okay, that was a cool memory. Well, I gotta tell you. So a couple weeks ago, I'm, I'm talking to this group of women and um, I go up to them and I go, oh, so where are you from? And they're say, they like, um, you know, we're from Kenya. And so I thought, you know, they're from Kenya. They live here somewhere in the States. And I go, so where do you live now? And they're like, Kenya. And I said, so you literally are from Kenya. I mean, you know, it's one of those, you are from Kenya. <laughs> You're and on so holiday. I told, yeah. So I told them, I said, okay, I have to tell you a funny story. I said, you know, we, a group of us, uh, went to Kenya a couple of years ago and we did the little safari thing. And I said, and one of the, the memories that stuck with us, you know, 
we did all this amazing, you know, got to join God in doing stuff, but we come back with the dead hippo belly up story, <laughs> um, which is so us. So anyway, I told her, I said, yeah, we, oh, she said, did you get to see the animals and stuff? I said, yeah, we did. We went on this, you know, through this park. And I said, one of the amazing things we saw was we saw this hippo belly up dead laying in this swamp thing. And I go, that was pretty amazing. They go, you saw a dead hippo? And we're like, yeah, belly up. And they're like, we've never seen that. (laughs) You've never seen a dead hippo like belly up? And they're like, no, that is not a normal thing to see. That is amazing that you got to see that. So I thought that was, we thought that was probably maybe a normal thing and we got to see it. But according to these gals that are from Kenya, live in Kenya, They've never seen that. So I thought that was kind of fun that we yeah. have a unique memory. So I just had to tell you that because um, now I'm thinking about it. And yeah. I thought I could make tell that you. story. That is funny because what was so unique to us was, you know, as soon as we pull out of the airport, you know, there's literally zebras like are crossing the road where the bus has to stop for the zebras. You know, it's like, okay, sorry, zebra crossing. But that, you know, floored us. And yet the hippo thing was more, you know, just hysterical to us. And yet that was the most unique thing. That's really interesting. So I am talking about tribes and visiting and, and going places and having your circle of friends with you. And it was, um, you know, you do create those, and we were talking about earlier, creating, you know, moments turn into memories, and um, that is just always fun, but I think that's what a tribe can help you create memories and doing life, and you learn a lot about yourself in relationship to other people, and I know that Kim earlier was talking about family and family dynamics and how, you know, there's a lot of sticky moments in families, and until you start really talking, and I think that's the value of, one of the reasons why we love doing radio is hearing stories, telling stories, and we learn best through stories, and stories do stick, as well as dysfunctional families being sticky. So um, there's a correlation there. But we learn because we only know what we know and what's, and what's normal in our own lives. And then when you hear other things, and so it's always comforting, too, to hear that other families struggle or they have their messiness, and you go, okay, so we're not unique in this. This is, this is part of the process. And I think that is very freeing when you start um, kind of comparing stories. Absolutely. Well, going back to the messiness, the, the one thing that was so funny about that hippo, I just now remembered as you were going through there, is that it was not only was it belly up, but there were these vultures that were huge on top of the belly that were starting to um, feast on this poor hippo. And I, I remember you said something about well, I sure wouldn't want to be a belly up hippo. And I think I said, someone said, that's like women's ministry. (laughs) It's like the vultures were just like coming in on top. You know, when you're at your lowest, when you're at your most vulnerable, it's like, okay, here they are ready to, you know, to pounce on you. And um, so that was one of the funniest things is we kept saying later on as you know, when we felt burned out, it's like, I'm the, I'm the belly up hippo right now. And I just thought of, you know, the verse Ecclesiastes 4.12, where by yourself, you are unprotected. You are that, that belly up hippo, but with a friend, you can face the worst and you can't help but think, you know, had that hippo been where maybe it should have been with his friends around him then uh, might not even be in that predicament. And so just thinking of life, once again, when you're isolated and you're so busy in your work and, you know, just going through life without those people, without your other hippo friends, um, you can 
really get in in a spot and start spiraling down. And, and I've noticed with some women too, when they get in that spot and they start spiraling, instead of reaching out to the tribe, they continue to spiral because you get to the point where you don't even, you can't even bring yourself to, you know, call up that person. So hopefully you're with a good tribe that sees that and will reach out to you. Well, and it's, it's our tendency a lot of times when we're going through those messy times in life is to isolate ourselves and to kind of withdraw from people and from others. And I think that's where you go, okay, who, who is my trusted, even just one friend, you don't have to, you know, reveal to the whole tribe, but do I have a trusted bestie, like you're talking about earlier and, and friend that I can just go, here's where I am and I'm not doing really great. And I don't want to, I know that I can isolate myself easy and just kind of go in my hole. And I know that I can do that. That's my temperament sometimes. And you have to force yourself to come out and go, I need to let somebody in to the cracks and crevices here. And, um, because alone, it's not a good place and alone can be a dark place. And so I think letting people in and let them bring some light into some of those areas, which is so significant. And, um, you know, it, it goes back to all this. I know we've talked so much today about so many different things, but it kind of really does all boil down to just bringing people into your life and doing life with people on different realms and, and just seeing moments that are, are looking right at you. You're in the moment of and, and then being able to, to share the memories because that's what's so fun about today is remember when and sharing those moments, yes. and those memories that where you, you later look back and go, those were, that was a significant time. And it really impacted me more than I realized it did. And finding the analogies, like you said, you know, from the feasting vultures <laughs> on a belly up carcass and, you know, some life, there's life lessons in all of that, that allow you to smile and go, okay, this is just a part of the journey. Yep, absolutely. And we, we just, in, in wrapping up the show today, uh, we just hope that you will walk away and be more aware of who is in your tribe, who is your three o'clock friend that you can count on. And, and we know, you know, sometimes we, we focus on that and you're like, where's God in all this? Well, truly, we just believe God is the one bringing that three o'clock friend in your life to love on you, to, to blow those kisses your way. So we just thank you for being with us today. And we are excited to be able to be with you again next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.